Today is February 21st, 2024. Welcome to Read Through the New Testament. Hi, everyone. Yeah, and um, we're just plugging right along. We are. Yep, we're in week 21 of 30. The end is coming nigh. That's amazing. Yeah, it is. You guys have been doing great, reading all the way through. And today we're reading, finishing Luke chapter 16, which we started in class yesterday. Uh, and then we're going to start Titus, another pastoral epistle. All right, well, let's read Luke chapter 16, and this is a, a really famous story um, about the rich man and Lazarus, unique to Luke. So it's it's helpful here that all the stories here in Luke, most of them are, are the big stories, are unique to Luke. So the, uh, the cunning, dishonest manager is unique to Luke, and uh, so also rich man and Lazarus. So, like, you've not read these before in Matthew and Mark. Okay, there was a rich man who was clothed in purple and fine linen who feasted sumptuously every day. What does it mean to feast sumptuously? Mm, He's got really good food. And at his gate was laid a poor man named Lazarus, covered with sores, who desired to be fed with what fell from the rich man's table. Moreover, even the dogs came and licked his sores. The poor man died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's side. The rich man also died and was buried. And in Hades, being in torment, he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham far off and Lazarus at his side. And he called out, Father Abraham, have mercy on me and send Lazarus to dip the end of his finger in water and cool my tongue, for I am in anguish in this flame. But Abraham said, Child, remember that in your lifetime, remember that you in your lifetime received good things and Lazarus in like manner bad things. But now he's comforted here, and you are in anguish. And besides all this, between us and you, a great chasm has been fixed, in order that those who would pass from here to you may not be able, and none may cross from there to us. And he said, Then I beg you, Father, send him to my father's house, for I have five brothers, so that he may warn them, lest they also come into this place of torment. But Abraham said, They have Moses and the prophets. Let them hear them. And he said, No, Father, but if someone goes to them from the dead, they will repent. And here's a great um, statement about the sufficiency of Scripture. He said to them, If they do not hear Moses and the prophets, neither will they be convinced if someone should rise from the dead. Wow. Yeah. Just meaning the Bible and how powerful it is. Mm -hmm. Even more than someone rising from the dead to tell you to repent how bad things are in Hades. And we have Moses and the prophets, which is the Old Testament, and uh-huh. we have the New Testament as well. Yeah. But I think it's also alluding to his own resurrection. Even when he rises mm-hmm. from the dead, it's, mm-hmm. you know, it's not necessarily going to even give and convince so many people. Mm-hmm. But what convinces people is the scriptures, which prophesy of his raising from the dead. And the Holy Spirit. Yep, for sure. Okay, so we're going to start Titus. We talked about this uh, a little bit in class, but again, to remind you, uh, Titus is a pastoral epistle. First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus are the three pastoral epistles in the Bible. Letters written to pastors. Yep. Right? Yep. And uh, Titus was left on an island of Crete, chapter 1, verse 5, and he was basically told how to pastor uh, an ungodly people. Um, In chapter 1, verse 12, he says, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. So Titus is dealing with these people who are lazy and evil and wicked and lying. Um, And yet 
the grace of God is sufficient to change these people in silence. That's the great message of Titus. God's grace is sufficient to change and transform people. Let's trust with the gospel. Okay, I think you're reading. Okay, so this is Titus chapters 1 and 2 today. Yep. All right, Titus 1, verse 1. Paul, a servant of God and an apostle of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the faith of God's elect and their knowledge of the truth, which accords with godliness in hope of eternal life, which God, who never lies, promised before the ages began and at the proper time manifested in his word through the preaching, with which I have been entrusted by the command of God our Savior. That's, all about, that's all about Paul. Yep, He's saying yep. Paul and then lots of things after that. And then now verse 4, to Titus, my true child in a common faith, grace and peace from God the Father and Christ Jesus our Savior. This is why I left you in Crete, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife and his children are believers and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant or quick-tempered or a drunkard or violent or greedy for gain, but hospitable, lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it. For there are many who, who are insubordinate, empty talkers and deceivers, especially those of the circumcision party. They must be silenced since they are upsetting whole families by teaching for shameful gain what they ought not to teach. One of the Cretans, a prophet of their own, said, Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, lazy gluttons. This testimony is true. Therefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not devoting themselves to Jewish myths and the commands of people who turn away from the truth. To the pure, all things are pure, but to the defiled and unbelieving, nothing is pure, but both their minds and their consciences are defiled. They profess to know God, but they deny him by their works. They are detestable, disobedient, unfit for any good work. Okay, those last two words are super key in Titus. Good work. Mm. Uh, one of the things that Titus says is we're saved by grace. We're going to see that in chapter 3. Uh, just by God who saves us. But yet he saves us not by works, but he saves us unto works. Especially these evil beasts and lazy gluttons. Like there's a strong emphasis that... That God will transform these people so they're unfit for any good work. So those are hmm. key words, right? Hmm. And we'll, we'll point them out as they come. But as for you, Paul writes in chapter 2, teach what accords with sound doctrine. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, in steadfastness. And just like Timothy, uh, Paul is telling Titus how to deal with men and old men and young men and women and things like that in the church. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in their behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good, and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Likewise, urge the younger men to be self-controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works in your teaching. Show integrity, dignity, and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame, having nothing evil to say about us. Bondservants are to be submissive to their own masters in everything. They are to be well-pleasing, not argumentative, not pilfering, 
but showing all good faith so that in everything they may adorn the doctrine of God our Savior. What a good word, right? We, we so live so that the, the doctrine of God our Savior, right, it's the gospel, is adorned. It's made pretty and manifest when it shows itself in our lives. Also back in verse 7, it says, Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works. Yep, I just passed by that. <laughs> Sorry. Um, okay, uh, verse 11. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. There it is. Third time. <laughs> Declare these things. Exhort and rebuke with all authority. Let no one disregard you. Okay. So a little summary here is a purpose of why, chapter one, why Paul was left in, or Titus was left in Crete. Mm -hmm. And then just talking about the background of the Cretans in chapter one. And also there is the section um, about just elders yep. and what they need to be. Yep, left in Crete to establish godly elders. Mm -hmm. In contrast to the ungodly people in Crete, chapter 1. In, in chapter 2, he just talks about just all the different age groups, older men, older women, and then him as a younger man, probably be a good example, bond mm -hmm. slaves, and then the key about the gospel. God's grace appears. It teaches us to live differently. Mm. That's the idea of good works. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So in your summaries, just um, don't just use the headings don't, nope. that are there. Nope. Um, look at it, read it, and put it in your own words. That's right. All right. We will see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Okay. Bye.